And so he started writing this song and um, called God Who Sees, and it was about the story of Hagar and how she was always just called slave, and God was the first person to call her by her name. And she was in turn the first person to call God a name, which was the God Who Sees. I'm Chelsea Amber, a Christian recording artist and the founder of Christian Guitar Girls, which is an encouraging community for female guitar players and bass players who love Jesus. And you can find our Facebook group when you look up Christian Guitar Girls Community, and you'll be able to connect with other women in music and ministry. We've got a great conversation coming up with Marika Seewert. And before we do that, I just want to give a quick shout out to Podbean. That is the service that I'm using to host the Christian Guitar Girls podcast. And I've been really pleased with their services. So I highly recommend them if you are thinking about starting your own podcast. I especially really appreciate all the resources that they have on their website on how to actually start a podcast. So you can check out podbean.com slash CGG to get a 30-day trial on one of their unlimited plans. And you'll also be supporting the Christian Guitar Girls ministry as well. So we're going to get into the interview. We have Marika here. She is from Vancouver, BC. She is a recording artist, a songwriter, an actor, a producer, a director. And her heart is to create collaboration amongst the artist community in Canada to create new opportunities for women of color in music and film, and to inspire all people to live out their God-given dreams so others can experience the love and hope of God in our nation and in our world. So thank you, Marika, for joining me on this podcast. Welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you too. So uh, what are you drinking there? You've got a really cute mug. Thank you. Yes, this is my Liana Claussen art mug. She's a friend of mine from Vancouver, and I am drinking Fortnum and Mason Platinum Jubilee tea. So I grew up in England, and so I know, you know, the queen can be controversial, but to me, she's like the most phenomenal person. And so I'm drinking this in honor of her all week. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm a tea That's girl. a very timely, a timely drink to drink in honor of the queen. <laughs> yep. Um, I have a smoothie from my I first like podcast it. with a smoothie. Yeah. So um, well, I would love to just dive in and find out a little bit more about how you got started. First of all, how did you get started on the guitar and releasing music? Yeah. So it's funnily enough, I'm actually, I grew up playing piano and double bass actually, or my main mm. instrument. But when I was 17, I moved to California to be in full-time ministry and there was no piano in the vicinity of anywhere that I lived, which is crazy, other than like the mm. church that I worked at. And so in order to write, to keep writing, I had to learn to play guitar. So mm. 17, I remember the moment, cause I'm like, I have to write, I have to sing, what am I gonna do it on? And I bought myself a guitar and started learning. Nice, so you're self-taught? I am self-taught, yes. That's great. That's great. That takes a lot of initiative and kind of um, self-motivation. So yeah, I, I think, admire that. I think it was more desperation, Chelsea. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, need I need it. I need something. Well, and it's what's funnily enough, my, my very first album, I wrote the whole thing on guitar, which is so funny. Oh, cool. I'm like a diehard piano person, but um, it, guitar became my instrument even to perform live with. So 
Oh, cool. Oh, so yeah. how did you go from just uh, teaching yourself guitar to then putting out an, an album? Yeah. So I think what happened, so I, um, after I was in California, I moved, I actually moved to Langley, BC, and I worked with a lot of guys that were like indie rock guitar artists. And so mm. they are kind of the ones that I wrote my first songs with and they were all on guitar. So I went into the studio basically with 12 songs that I'd written on guitar that I play live on guitar and, you know, I knew I still wasn't like an expert guitar player. I wouldn't even still call myself expert. I just I knew enough to be able to write the songs I wanted to write. And I re yeah, I re released a 12 song album all on guitar. Very cool. And I think that's really inspiring for people who maybe are wondering, oh, like, do I know enough to put out an album or do it? You know, and, and I think there there is space for all skill levels, you know, like if you know, you know, for those of you maybe who are just picking up the guitar, if you know just a few chords, that's enough to get started to start writing. So yeah, a bit of encouragement there. Totally. And I think too, you know, there was so many years, I literally could not play a B minor chord. I was like, hmm. I every other chord, except for B minor. And I'm like, that's it. I'm never going to be able to play anything. But you know, even doing worship in church, literally like four basic chords in a capo and you can play every song. <laughs> yeah. It's I love that capo. <laughs> I love the capo too. So I think, you know, at any level, I think the key is just picking it up and trying it. I think that's the only thing yeah. people from, you know, learning guitar is they think it's hard or they they think it's they've got to be at a certain level where they don't. You literally can bang out a song with the simplest of chords. So Yeah. I agree. And I, um, my husband and I run a company called Guitar Fam, and each year we put out a survey just asking people um, a number of questions, but one of them is what their greatest struggle is with guitar and bar chords, which would be the B minor. That comes up all the time. So yeah. anyone who struggles with with bar chords, you are not alone. <laughs> Absolutely um, not. And you can have a really good career, not even... Not even knowing how to do it properly. So <laughs> there you go. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. So you are a musician, but as I mentioned in the in the intro, you are not just a musician, but you're also a songwriter, an actor, a producer, a director. So you have a number of roles within the entertainment industry. And I just want to know, because you're also a mom. So I'm like, yeah. how the heck does she manage to do all of these roles alongside her music? Like, how? How? <laughs> how do I? I have a very handsome white husband that helps me. <laughs> um, you know what? Well, yeah, my family's been super supportive. I think when I first got married and wanted to start a family, I knew that I had to have a partner that knew my dreams and knew what I wanted to do in my life. And of course, those dreams have evolved. Like I would have never thought I would be like a working actor um, now or even producing and directing. That's just kind of something that happened. But um, yeah, we're, we, we've never stopped being adventurous when it comes to our dreams. And mm. our kids have, you know, we've, we've brought our kids along with us. And I think, you know, we've been able to do it as a family. Um, you know, like my kids have sang on stages opening for Michael W. Smith with me. And so they, they've, we've Amazing. just brought them along, you know, like they've just become a part of what, of our culture and our, on our careers. And, you know, they've also, we've allowed them to dream their dreams as well. But I think it, that's the key is just being able to be kind of flexible with what we do, but we, we've always known we've been called to be artists. So we just kind of, we go, we go with that and, uh, you know, we're still, we're still on the journey. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I love how it's a, a family affair. So what, what was it, what is it like being a Christian mom navigating the entertainment industry with your kids? Cause uh, you know, sometimes it seems like just stereotypically Hollywood and then kind of, you know, the Christian values don't always align. You know, I, I actually admire um, Candace Cameron Bure. I find that she seems to do that really well in terms of navigating that industry as a Christian. So how have you yeah. What, what has been your experience with that? Yeah, it actually hasn't been that difficult because I think when you know who you okay. are, whose you are um, in mm. God, you you raise the standard with yourself and with your family of our values. And we set that pretty early on in our careers, even in music. You know, there's been aspects of the Christian music industry that I'm like, that doesn't even seem very Christian. But when you mm. know are you say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things and that's in any business that's that can cross mm -hmm. any career any any kind of job and our kids have learned it too and now even as we're seeing them they're all young adults now and we've never we've never raised them super religious we've taught them about grace we've taught them about love kindness um courage you know and you know we're a mixed family in an industry that is still very very caucasian very male dominated and of course that's changing um, but we've mm -hmm. always kind of been sort of like the outcasts in every circle that we've been in. You know, we'll be in Christian circles mm -hmm. and be like, you're in Hollywood. Isn't that like the devil's the devil's territory? I'm like, are we still talking like that? <laughs> but then, you know, we're in very mainstream circles where they're like, oh, you're a Christian. Like, is that okay? You know, but we've kind of just trusted God for the right doors for us. And we've, mm -hmm. we dream board every year, Chelsea, every year on New Year's mm -hmm. Eve. We sit out, uh, we have a table, we have magazines, and we, we've encouraged our kids to, like, put their dreams in front of them. And mm. so, you know, we've definitely had challenges with, you know, with agents, managers that we've had to say, like, nope, we're not going to do this role. We're not going to go this way. But for the most part, everyone's very understanding. And it's it's easy to be a Christian in the film industry because um, sometimes it can be a very lonely industry. You know, you're in your trailer by yourself, or if you're one of the main cast, you're not often necessarily um, with a whole bunch of people, you're just kind of in your zone. Mm -hmm. So it's an easy industry to be in. And we've learned as much as we have, you know, from a church culture, as we have in the mainstream culture. So it's, there's no really lines for us. It's just, we're just, we're just doing what we do and being who we are. Great. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that that that's been the experience for you. I think that's really great. So on top of everything that you're doing with all the acting and directing and producing, you are also still continuing with your music. And you just released a new song with Brian Dirksen. It's called Every Dream and then in brackets, God Who Sees. So Every Dream, God Who Sees. And can you tell us a little bit about the story behind that song? Yeah, so Brian and I have known each other for a long time, like 10 years plus now. Um, but during COVID, we our families kind of became like bubble families. We They were pretty much our family during COVID, and we would be over there. And, you know, that's how I started getting into producing and directing, because we started basically producing like Christmas and Easter shows for television. And while all this was going on, and I'm sure you know, and everyone knows, there was, there was this huge racial tension going on with Black Lives Matter and with just like an awareness of sort of the invisibility of people of color in the, you know, especially in North America. But for Brian and I, you know, we kind of started talking because I'm like, yeah, it's no different in our Christian music industry. You know, I was like, the only people of color I know are like Chelsea Amber, Drew Brown, and me, you know, and like 
fresh mm-hmm. ice. I don't know fresh ice. So it's like, there's yeah. like, there's like yeah. three of us, four of us in the entire, you know, Canadian Christian industry that I know, like I know Toronto has a very big black um, community um, in the gospel scene, but I am not connected really. I mm-hmm. recently got connected, but we haven't been. And, and so Brian and I started talking and it really kind of hit home for him because, you know, he's gotten to know us and our kids and the experiences of people of color. And we were sharing about, you know, yeah, we've, we have been racialized or racialized and marginalized. And I just don't make it a big deal. I'm not posting about it on Twitter and I'm not dwelling on it. I'm just going, we just kind of keep on moving forward. And so he started writing this song and um, called God Who Sees. And it was about the story of Hagar and how she was always just called slave. And God was the first person to call her by her name. And she was in turn the first person to call God a name, which was the God who sees. And I was like, you know, Brian, this is an important song. I want us to sing it together. I think we should finish writing it together and sing it together because I think, especially in the ch- in the church, um, it's almost like there's this idea then of like black people getting more and more angry or people of color in general, but just getting angry all the time. And I was getting angry. I was getting angry at how the world, things are happening in the world. And I'm like, yes, I have been, I have been, you know, people have been racist towards me. And I, I just felt myself like losing my love for people and kind of becoming almost a victim. And I'm like, wait a second, I was never a victim. And I'm not saying that Mm -hmm. things didn't happen to me. I was just like, but we have to focus on what God is saying. Mm -hmm. And both ways in a way that I'm like, we can't be angry people of color, but also my white counterpart friends need to start speaking up for people like us who need them to speak up for us, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so this song was pretty much birthed out of that. And it became a song that is kind of more an anthem of like, you know, God sees us, he sees our hopes and our dreams. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where we have to bring the church together again, all cultures, all people um, Mm -hmm. sort of under one banner of heaven, you know, because, everyone's got their part to play. And I think it's it's about awareness, especially for white people to go, yeah, maybe maybe there aren't enough people of color on our on our stages in leadership position. Women of color, I'm super passionate about women of color being in leadership position. And mm-hmm. now I think it's just, I'm, I'm more brave to be able to start talking about it. Whereas before I was like, I still got to prove myself in the, in the industries, but I'm like, no, 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 we're here. We've been here for like the whole time, you know? Um, so yeah, really excited to be working it with Brian too, because he's kind of one of my heroes. I probably never told him that cause I secretly, mm-hmm. secretly know that he's one of my heroes, but he's also one of my closest friends. Him and Joyce have been huge mentors to us. And the fact that someone of his caliber is also stepping up and saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to use my platform and my influence to mm-hmm. help you and to help others. Um, and, you know, and Brian's not someone that, you know, on purpose would be like, I'm not you know, encouraging people of color. He's just going, wait a second, I need to surround myself more and help people that are called to exactly what he's called to. Um, so it's it's been a blessing to just walk alongside of him doing it. Yeah, I love that. And we have such a creative God. Like he's just made so many, you know, people in so many shapes and colors, you know. So, um, and when when I think of heaven, I think of, you know, every tribe and tongue is going to be yeah. lifting the name of Jesus. It's going to be this beautiful, you know, mosaic of colors and, and languages lifting up the name of Jesus. And so I just think that's neat to be able to, um, you know, invite 
people of, of, of different cultures and, and backgrounds to <clears throat> to to lift the name of, of Jesus with us, you know, to glorify God together yeah. Yeah. Um, as a as a church. Yeah, you know, as a church body, and so, um, yeah, I think that's it's it's such a beautiful picture to me. Yeah, no, me too. Um, yeah. Um, so, wrapping up, I would love to end off with um, a few practical pieces of advice and encouraging words. So, one is what is one practical piece of advice for someone who is just picking up the guitar for the first time? Yeah, I think just to not be limited. Um, you can, you know, if you have a guitar, even if you don't necessarily have the, even the money to buy one right away, you can rent them really cheap at like mm -hmm. Long McQuaid or any music store. So really to not let anything stop you from picking it up. Um, mm -hmm. There are endless resources online to learn guitar, um, you know, so it's really just a matter of the emotional labor of going, I can do it. So that's the thing. It's just do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love it. And then one encouraging word. Do you have one encouraging word for that you can offer for someone who is about to step into the entertainment industry as a Christian? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is honestly just pray for the right connections. Um, it's something that I mm -hmm. did. I prayed for people that had similar values, beliefs that when when you do have challenging times or questions, um, that they are there to just be a, a kind of for there for advice, um, for wisdom. Uh, super important, and God brings them. Uh, may not be in the timing that you think, but they do come. Mm -hmm. Love that. And finally, how can people find you and or your new single online? Yeah, well, the single is on all the platforms. <laughs> nice. Uh, all of those, yes. And then, um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. <laughs> I just joined Snapchat, um, but my Instagram, Twitter are, are just at Rika Seawart. And then my website is marikaseawart.com. And yeah, you can get a hold of me there. And, and I'm also, I love, I love helping people. I love mentoring. I love giving people advice. So, um, you know, for me, no, nothing is off limits. There's no wrong question. Uh, mm -hmm. I think being creatives, the more that we can um, support each other and help each other, I'm all about that. So. I love that. And I've seen you actually live that out. You're not just saying it like I've, I've people I've seen her living <laughs> that out. So thank you so much for your time to share about your journey with music and entertainment in, in the entertainment industry and, and, um, and your new single can't wait to, to have people check it out. And to all our listeners, if you enjoyed this chat, there are many more to come. So make sure to hit the follow or subscribe button on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to check out podbean.com slash CGG if you have your own podcast or if you're thinking about starting one. I'll leave a link in the description for that, as well as links to connect with Marika and check out her new single called Every Dream, God Who Sees with Brian Dirksen. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will catch you in the next episode. And until then, happy strumming.